Hello, hello! I'm Jackie, and welcome. Welcome back to another episode of A Quiet Divorce. So this week, we are going to chat about infidelity and how that can really hurt a relationship or marriage. Now, ladies, what comes to your mind when I say infidelity? The first thing I think of is being unfaithful, cheating partners, right? Well, the kind of infidelity I'm referring to today is not about cheating with another person at all. But this type of infidelity has to do with money. That's right, the mighty dollar. And how money affects so many relationships, marriages, friendships, family, especially during the time of a divorce. Now ladies, have you ever considered financial infidelity in your marriage? I certainly didn't. And what does that term actually even mean? So. Here it is. Financial infidelity is essentially hiding financial information, transactions from your partner in a situation where you have no knowledge about something or a clear financial picture that they do, but you don't. But first, let's talk about this. How often is money an issue for you in respect to your relationships? Do you talk about money from the start of a relationship? Do you establish maybe who pays or who doesn't, what you pay for, what you don't? Or is it an automatic thing that everyone simply pays for themselves? Let me start by talking about money within Asian culture. It is customary for a guy to pay for a lot of things, sometimes everything, from dinners, gifts, outings, anything for his girlfriend or wife and that is definitely how it works in Asian culture from my perspective and what is kind of always been expected even in today's modern world but of course every culture is different and to each their own right I think it should be a private understanding a private conversation between each couple to decide what works for them and what doesn't. But people can be funny about money, so it's definitely a topic that one must tread carefully. Now, let's talk about my experience with money and relationships and how money was the biggest part of my divorce. I mean, basically what my ex hid from me. So let's go back to our dating days again. In particular, how my ex handled money. He paid for everything basically, and it was something he wanted to do. He preferred it even. So I remember around our third or fourth date, I wanted to pay for breakfast and he fought for the check. I didn't stand a chance. He won of course and paid, but later in the car, I striked up a conversation and we actually talked about it. He told me that he always pays and he prefers that he pays because he wants to take care of me, take care of his girlfriend. He was that guy. And that is how we actually established the money situation, the conversation we had, and it worked for us. And I will admit that I did grow up learning in Asian culture 
that it wasn't so much about the money and who pays. It meant more of a respect type of thing. It was more of how much they valued you versus how much they spent on you. But you know, I still managed to pick up a check every now and then, just because that's what I prefer to do. I preferred a relationship where we take care of each other, and we both can pay because we're equally, and we're equal contributors. And no part of the relationship, not even the money side, should be one-sided. Now, this is the part of the relationship that did carry into our marriage, where he would take care of all the bills. And I contributed to the savings account and the bigger purchases, such as the annual tax, the property tax that we had to pay for, for example. I will say it always did make me very uncomfortable to know that I didn't have a handle on the monthly bills, the day-to-day stuff, and basically nothing, nothing went through my name. And that's okay, I guess, and it's fine when things are okay. But when things turn bad and sour and you're getting divorced and everything gets divided between you, between the both of you, it's all about money, a hundred percent. So what was my downfall when it came to my marital finances? And what did I learn most from that experience? My biggest downfall, ladies, was not fully participating in the conversation about our financial picture. I allowed him to just take care of everything with the faith and hope that he was honest about it. I had no reason to question him in any way, or at least I didn't feel I had to at the time. And we do that so much, ladies. We do that so much where we relinquish power to feed the other person, whether it's to feed their ego, their self-esteem, their needs versus our needs. Whatever we feel we need to do, we do. And we just give that power away in whatever way they need. But nonetheless, my ex definitely committed infidelity without question. He kept so much from me. And now allow me to share with you how he did it. As I mentioned before, he paid for a lot of the things, including the utilities and the mortgage to the house. And I paid for the annual expense, the property taxes. It seemed fair to me at the time. It was simply the arrangement we agreed to. I was none the wiser to any foul play. But here's the catch, ladies. Now listen carefully. When you do not participate or even are an active part of the paying process, then that will hurt you later on. For me, I was not on a single utility bill nor did we have a joint account or anything connecting us together from a financial standpoint. And to make it even worse, I wrote checks to him directly for years to pay for the property tax at the end of the year. And even though I could prove that I paid him money, I couldn't prove that he used them for the taxes. So what does that mean? 
it means that I'm out of luck. Taxes, unfortunately, are not refundable in the eyes of the court. So I was unable to recover any of that money. None of it. My attorney even asked me if I had a single email or correspondence stating of such an agreement or arrangement or anything that referred to the taxes that I paid every year, anything. I had nothing. So that was my biggest mistake, is I allowed everything to be in his name. We never had a conversation about it. An email, ladies, is so, so important. Document, communicate, talk about it. A single email that talked about what we arranged, how I pay for things, would have changed everything. So that was my biggest mistake. I allowed everything to be in his name. And my name, Jacqueline Pang, was nowhere to be seen. It's almost like I didn't exist from the financial standpoint. Our financial picture, I didn't exist. So not only did I not get any money back, he kept the ownership of the house we paid for together. He kept that separate from me. How does that happen? How does that happen that he's able to keep a house we're both paying for under his name or separate from me? One phrase, and this one phrase on the loan document changed my life. Only I didn't know it until it was too late. Married man, single, separate property. This means that even though in California it's community property, that no longer applies. So the biggest lesson, the biggest takeaway from this experience is be a part of every conversation, every bill, all the financial planning, the full picture, with anyone, anyone you plan to spend your life with. Trust is important, it's key, but communication and participation is equally important. So today, we actually have a special speaker, Caroline Tannis, the founder of the Tannis Financial Group. And she contacted me through Instagram. She was listening to the podcast and really wanted to share her thoughts and her pieces of advice in regards to financial infidelity. And here she is. Hi, everyone. My name is Caroline Tannis. I am a financial advisor um, and founder of Tannis Financial Group. And more importantly, I am a certified divorce financial analyst. And I found out about the podcast several weeks ago and have just been binging all of the different episodes um, because I love learning more about this. And it plays in so well with the work that I do with my clients. And so my biggest tip for you on financial infidelity is trying to remember everything that your partner has said um, about where they've kept accounts or different um, offerings they had through employers because you could also be entitled to some of their benefits as well when you're getting divorced. And so my tip is to write everything down and hand it over to attorneys and things like that. Um, A lot of times I will see 
both spouses honestly trying to hide accounts and even sometimes the money and hiding of funds can be the reason for a divorce and people you know they don't want to share any of the money or funds that they had coming into a divorce so make sure you are asking all the questions anything that you can remember write it down so you can hand it over to the attorneys like i said because People try and hide money and you will also learn so much from the attorneys and and different specialists you bring in about what funds you're entitled to, whether they were brought into the marriage or kept out of it. And so ask all of the questions as well. Um, I've seen some crazy things where people try and do the whole offshore account uh, thing and hide money that way. Or they start just donating a ton of money to charity when they are getting divorced or they start spending it. So it is really important to keep track of everything and to make sure you have the right team on you to know what you are entitled to. And welcome back. Thank you so, so much, Caroline. Such great advice and definitely something I wish I knew beforehand. But unlike what Caroline was mentioning about listening and writing everything down during the times of divorce, I think it's equally important to be a part of the conversation from the start. You know, when my attorney asked me about my ex's benefits, stock options, percentage, ownership in his company, I came up blank. I had no idea. I knew nothing. And that really, really hurt my end results because she had so little to work with. So don't make that mistake, ladies. Take ownership, join the conversation, and take what is fairly and rightfully yours. Don't ever feel less deserving than your partner to be just as much involved in your financial picture within your marriage as they are. On that note, we will continue next Friday with Forgiveness Part 2, how to forgive and why it is so important. Thank you so, so much for tuning in, and I hope you found this episode helpful. Thank you again, Caroline. Meet you back here next Friday. So until next week, 